You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we've got Tim Shelburne. Hey, Tim, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing awesome. Thank you. It's peak barbecue season, so we're loving life. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've literally actually just come in from, I was running a bit late, and I was like, oh, have I got time? Yeah, I'll have time. And I've just quickly chucked a rack of spare ribs um, onto the Kamado Joe outside, so I can just see it out of the window now, smoke trickling away, and I'm just fingers crossed that the temperature's at the right one because I've been too last minute to set up anything to monitor it from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should be good. Yeah. You got That's... that control tower dialed in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of... It's, I keep saying this to people the other day that how reliable the temperature is on like a ceramic grill. So you do get that confidence that you know that if you've got the air vent open that much and the top vent open that much that it basically is going to be that temperature. <laughs> right, right. Right, so enough about me. Let's uh, let's talk about you. So, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. Uh, well, I uh, I kind of got into barbecue uh, fairly heavily uh, about four years ago uh, when I first got my uh, big green egg, and and from there I've met uh, quite a few people online, um, and my barbecue experiences have grown every year exponentially. So, um, you know, through meeting people through Instagram and through social networks, um, I have done multiple, multiple events around the country, um, and met a lot of amazing people. And so, um, that's kind of where some of my following comes in is just, just traveling around the country and, and, uh, you know, just participating in, uh, you know, egg fest for big green egg. I've done, um, a lot of, uh, barbecue competitions, uh, with the KCBS, I've participated in um, like a Red Dirt Barbecue Festival uh, where I helped uh, Matt Pittman from Meat Church. Um, and I've done some uh, K- just KCBS events around uh, my region. 
quite a bit. So I, I'm pretty heavy into the barbecue. Uh, I do just about anything. I've got uh, 12 different types of grills from pellet grills, so, you know, ceramics to uh, Weber kettles, uh, just about anything. Um, <laughs> I've got just about one of each. So, um, and then so I cook out every day. I like to, uh, you know, experiment and I like to, um, just see what these different types of grills can be used for and, uh, to kind of push the limits a little bit. So awesome. And you, you've kind of, you've picked up a nice healthy following on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate. I, I actually started Instagram, um, you know, a couple months after they launched the app, um, in 2010, and, um, so I've been on there quite a while. I've been posting, um, and not, it, you know, it wasn't all barbecue for a while. Um, I did a lot of just random, you know, cloud pictures and stuff like that. So I had like 16,000 posts on there, but he's like, Oh my gosh, you know, well, you have so many posts. I'm like, well, I've been doing this forever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and you, you rack up a lot of, a lot of posts, you know, over eight years or whatever. And so, um, you know, once I uh, started getting into the barbecue and the big green egg community, uh, my numbers just started to skyrocket. Um, I, I wish I could, you know, see a uh, some kind of chart that shows me where it's just shot straight up. And so I started getting these uh, followers. But it's yeah, it's been amazing. And I, uh, you know, love that uh, everyone's following me and, you know, and engaging me. I ask a lot of questions with me um, daily. I, you know, 10 or 15 people are asking me questions, tips and and I try to do my best to respond to everybody and help everybody. Yeah. It's just Instagram seems to be the, the community really for barbecue online, doesn't it? Oh, very much. And it, it's just an easy way to, you know, for me, it's, it's a great way to, and I've always, you know, I going back to 2005, I, I used to take food pictures and, and of my cooks and everything, but I had nowhere to post them. Um, I put them out on, on MySpace, you know, joke, but, uh, <laughs> so I'd put stuff out there, but nobody, you know, nobody saw it or anything. And then one Insta once, uh, Instagram started, I had a, a platform to start posting some of these food pics. So I really, um, you know, got my juices flowing. I started, uh, you know, getting out there and, and really just, uh, you know, doing what I love to do, which was food and doing, uh, photography. And then, you know, once I started to get into the green egg and in in that community, it just exploded. So yeah, it's one thing that I've always loved to do. And that and Instagram just really, um, you know, it's like the perfect platform for me to yeah. show off. So, yeah. 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 So, so back to the beginning then. So what, what got you into barbecue in the first place like, in life? Um, well, my parents always cooked growing up and I... Um, you know, they had grills and they were always uh, cooking. They kind of showed me how to do, every, you know, uh, the basics and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, once I moved out of their house when I was uh, 18, I bought a grill. And so it was just a, a Weber kettle and I had it at my apartment. And, you know, and I would just cook on it all the time. Um, once I, you know, got a little bit older, started to get better jobs, um, I started buying propane grills. And so I've always had some form of uh, cooker uh, you know, around. And so, uh, it wasn't until four or five years ago that I got tired of, uh, you know, buying propane grills every year cause they would rust out and yeah. got a, I got a, a big green egg. So I, you know, I've always, always loved cooking just as a young kid, I guess. Definitely. Awesome. 
Yeah, I think so many of us have got that kind of same inroad into the whole world of barbecue. And it's always, I think so many people reminisce of like a young young version of themselves just loving being outside and eating with their parents and the, from the grill. Yeah, definitely. So you've now built up your collection, you said, to 12 different grills? I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's... Uh... You know, I have a few spo- uh, sponsorships and stuff like that. So, um, but I, you know, I've got uh, two big green eggs. I've got the the Kamado Joe, uh, classic to the new one. Um, I've got uh, four different Rectech grills. One being the uh, Matador, which is like a giant disc. It looks like a wok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got uh, a pit barrel cooker. Uh, um, so that one's interesting because that's similar to what we do on the, in the competition side, uh, with barrels. Um, and then, um, I've got the art flame that I cooked on last night. Um, and then a couple Weber kettles. So the, the art flame, something that I, I don't actually know anyone, I've not spoken to anyone about, but I've seen, uh, sort of doing the rounds for a while now and they look pretty awesome. I mean, I, I would probably, I would love one. I'd love to play on one and, and get one. I think they look really cool. How, how is it? Uh, it's, it's good, but it eats a lot of fuel. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's basically just an, uh, an open chimney. Pit. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I went through, uh, two bags of charcoal, like six different logs and I had to just supplement with wood chips and stuff last night. So, um, wow. it'll definitely go through the, the fuel. Um, but it's yeah. really cool to cook on. Um, last night I had, had the, uh, rotisserie attachment on it. Um, and it's the first time I had used that, um, uh, for, I just did, I just spun a chicken on it and, um, uh, it worked out pretty well. It just took, it took way longer than I expected. Um, yeah. the ring there, yeah, the ring around the top has two different sizes. So the one I had on last night was for the rotisserie attachment. So the edge is a little bit smaller. And then there's another one that has about, this is a 30 inch model. And so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know the conversion to metric, but, uh, that's the, right. That's right. <laughs> the, uh, but the, the ring on the other one is about 10 inches. So you can, you can fit like a large steak on it or I've cooked lobster. Um, so the ring around the outside will get superheated up to about 300, 400 degrees. And, um, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's just like a big flat top with, with an open fire in the middle. Yeah. Cool. And, it's a lot of fuel to go through to cook a chicken, though. Two two bags of charcoal and and like yeah. six logs. It's a, a lot of uh, a lot of fuel to go through. So, I, but I got, I got made fun of yesterday for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, really? All for all for a chicken? I'm like, well, I was just experimenting. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Rectech grills. We we don't have uh, Rectech in the UK. I don't believe. Uh, again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know anyone that's that's got one. So. They're similar to sort of uh, Traeger, is, yes. that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They they are probably one of their biggest competitors right now. Um, Rectech is an online only uh, sales, so they're not in retail stores. Um, so they're they're based out <laughs> of Georgia, and um, they found me through my friend Craig Tabor, because um, he's local to Georgia and, and their area. So um, they found me through him. And uh, added me to their uh, their team, their their sponsor team, 
And so I've been using a Rectech grill for probably two and a half years now or two years. And um, I love working with those guys. They'll do anything for you. And uh, they're built super well. Um, a lot of the Traegers out there are kind of flimsy. Uh, they have a lot of uh, technical issues with the controller boards and stuff like that. And and uh, I've heard that the return policy isn't quite up to par, but uh, with, with Rectech. So, uh, <laughs> but they're, they're built super well and, and yeah. I love using them. Just, it's, um, it's a really uh, great company and great, great product. I, I have uh, uh, the, my second, uh, they have different models. They have a larger one uh, that, that's uh, the newest ones, like uh, the 700. I have the 680, which is the previous model. Um, and this is my second one. Uh, the other one is the Trailblazer, which is a, a slightly smaller version. Um, and then I have the bullseye, which is a round disc. It kind of looks like a Weber kettle, but it's, uh, it's, it's a really efficient, uh, hot cooker. Um, it's really good for, uh, steaks or, uh, you know, burgers and stuff like that. Um, and then I have that, that matador, which is that, that big disc, like a wok, which it uses propane. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. And the, uh, I see one of the pictures that I think it's 680 because of pizzas on. What sort of temperature does it, uh, does it get up to? Uh, that uh, that I cooked the pizzas on, that was at 425. I think it maxes out at uh, 550. Okay, cool. Cool. So, so it's quite it, a good it, range then. Yeah, so it doesn't get too hot. Uh, the uh, the black, the bullseye that looks kind of like a Weber kettle, uh, that'll get up to uh, 900 easy. And so, um, you know, for hotter, for searing steaks and stuff like that. And in the, the SCA, the steak cook-offs, uh, that's what we use uh, for those events because of the uh, even temperatures and uh, the ability to put the grill grates inside them and uh, get up to those high temps. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that you, you cook at, uh, you've cooked at the World Food Championships. What, what rounds have you cooked at the World Food Championships? Uh, last year um, was the first year, and I was on a team with uh, Craig Tabor. He's our captain, and he had qualified at a local uh, uh, event in the chicken category. So that got okay. us into the World Food Championships last year. Um, and then uh, our other teammate, Gary Yankee, uh, flew in from California all the way across the country <laughs> and um, to cook with us. And so it was pretty amazing. So we were uh, – we'd never done anything like this before. I hadn't anyway. Um, and so basically you had, um, you know, your structured category. And then last year, um, it's basically, you have to make a soup. And so we did a, uh, a chicken ramen, um, nice. did everything within that kitchen and you had an hour to make it. Um, and then the, uh, other hour or the second part of the, uh, the competition was just a signature dish. And we did a Nashville hot chicken sushi roll. And so basically, uh, these were, this was Craig's idea and, um, it was basically all of the components of a Nashville hot chicken dinner. So you had your spicy chicken, we had mac and cheese, we had collard greens, you know, we had rice on the outside that was dyed a really bright orange color. So it, 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 we, our goal was to make it taste just like that dish. If you were to go to a, a, a restaurant, and yeah. so it turned out pretty, we had like a pickle relish on top. It turned out pretty well. Um, uh, we did just enough, uh, in the competition. We got 13th in our category out of 40 teams. Um, but we had high enough scores to put us into a super qualifier round. 
Um, so two days later on Sunday, um, we were in the super qualifier for, um, of the, basically it's the top 40 teams that do not make a top 10. If you get that, it's, uh, yeah. and so that was a mystery basket and basically we had no idea what we were going to be, uh, what was going to be in the basket. So we came up with the idea of doing a burger on the way to the event. <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, okay, so if, if anything, we can just do a burger and you can pretty much go any direction with that. And so, um, <laughs> like a Hail Mary, whatever happens, we can just do a burger. Yeah. We can adapt. <laughs> and so it worked out in our favor. Uh, the, the basket had, uh, we picked up some, uh, some ribeyes. And so we were going to grind those fresh. It worked out that the basket had, um, some sausage in it. So we ground that into the, the burger. Uh, there was a wheel of brie. And so we were going to do pimento spread on top of the burger anyway. So we swapped out the, the ingredients for the pimento cheese with the brie. So it was a really creamy spread, cheese spread on top. Um, we had some seasoning. We used that. Um, so everything really worked in our favor. And um, we ended up getting uh, second place in the super, super qualifier. Um, and the uh, score for our burger was actually the highest score in that entire category for the entire event. So we had like a 98.25. So we scored higher than everybody else in the burger category. <laughs> and so we were pretty pleased with ourselves. Um, and, and so basically th that, that being the case, we ended up getting a golden ticket for, uh, this year, the 2018 event. And so we are, uh, you know, kind of a free ticket into that event and we're going to do the burger category this year and see what we can come up with. So I'm looking forward to that in November. Awesome. So what are you thinking, is that like your signature burger now that you need to take that one back or are you guys working on something new? Uh, we're going to work on something new. We've uh, uh, been doing kind of some test runs. Um, there's four of us on the team now. Uh, so we're all doing our own things and kind of coming up with some different ideas and, you know, doing scratch made everything. And um, the uh, the only wild card in the event is going to be uh, you have to use the hamburgers that they provide. Yeah. And, and so we'll have to figure out, uh, and, and I can't buy those locally. So you have to get them online and then we test them. Uh, but we'll have to grind those or put those in with our burger. So that's the only real wild card for that. Yeah. We, we had, we've had the, um, from the UK, we had the beefy boys. I don't know if you know those guys, but they, they've done, do they come second down in the world they food championship? Second, yeah. Yeah. In the and then they've, back and done done pretty well again and i think they've been back like three times now and done really well each time but i think the highest they came a second in their first year oh nice yeah, yeah it's an amazing week um you know we'll go down i think i think i'm there six or seven days this time and um it's an amazing time i mean because you're you're down there right on the water and um in november where i live it's cold so i you know when you get a chance to go down by the beach and hang out <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a treat. So, yeah, I think our, our barbecue competition uh, qualifies for. Oh, Ben, you'll probably answer this better than me because you've just been mm. dealing with it recently. So, what we with steak round, uh, we qualify for chili. what else? Chili, chili. Uh, yes, they enter the chili cook-off. and barbecue. I think just in general. Okay, barbecue in general. We didn't do so burger this year, so we couldn't do yeah. burger. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, last year they qualified for Berger. I can't remember what happened this year, but whatever reason, anyway, I think we left it too late as usual. Standard planning on our behalf, but uh, but yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. It's, it's awesome to be a part of everything we know that's been in, and competed has had a wicked time and really enjoyed themselves. So yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. We'll have to try and make it one year, Ben. Yeah, definitely. I look what, from. Can you like kind of tell us a little bit more about what it's like there for like anyone who hasn't ever been to it before? Um, last year was the first year that I'd had, uh, any of us had gone, and um, it was really surreal because you um, just from being on social media and you follow so many people, you watch the Food Network and all the cooking shows that are out there. Um, the Food Network was actually at the event filming. And, um, you know, so they're walking around with their cameras and interviewing everybody. And then, you know, every now and again, somebody would poke their head out, you know, that was on a, uh, you know, the next, you know, Food Network star or something. So all these celebrities, uh, you know, chefs were popping out of nowhere. And it was like, ah, you know, <laughs> like that's so-and-so, you know, for, that I've seen on TV or I follow them on Instagram. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, just to just walk around and just see these people that you uh, and, and talk to people that you followed online for years. And uh, there they are, you know, so I, I got to meet so many people face to face, which is always good because, um, you know, just following somebody, you can't really get an idea of who they are uh, just by, uh, you know, looking at their photos and stuff. Um, and so that was really cool. And the, the event was packed. Um, you know, uh, it was very new to us and, uh, there's kind of these, uh, blocks set up, uh, for the different events. And so, uh, you know, you'll have like 10 kitchens right, right next to each other. Um, you've got a clock going in the back corner, um, people yelling, you know, over a microphone telling, you know, explaining who's doing what. Um, and then there's, you know, there's like a, uh, a walkway between the kitchens where the public can stand. And so there you've got your friends cheering you on and yelling and, um, it's super cool. And, and plus the, uh, uh, the venue down there, the it's, it's at the wharf, uh, is a really cool place. There's, there's a lot of restaurants close by shops. They have a, a grill store right on the corner that sells green egg and, and Kamado Joe. Um, they've got a big stage set up and then, uh, live music, uh, going on contests for the kids. It's a real carnival atmosphere. Um, it's super fun. I, you know, if anybody's in the area or can go, I, I recommend it for sure. Yeah, it does sound amazing. I would love to try and get over for it at some point. Dan, we need to try and cook something so we can qualify. <laughs> we can just fix it at the next Q-Fest. We'll just fix our tournament next year. Oh, sorry. Uh, I forgot we were uh, live on air then for a second. Sorry. <laughs> so as well as... You're yeah. on my team. Uh, I was going to say, you've, you'll be letting me down at the moment. You're a bit out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gone to the next level now. I've left you behind. <laughs> oh. you. Okay, so you're level one now rather than level zero. <laughs> well um, so as, as well as uh, the World Food Championship, you've also done, like you said, the SCA competitions and KCBS as well. Yes, um, I've been doing... Um, uh, the KCBS competitions for, uh, three or four years now. Um, I started out, uh, by helping a local big green egg dealer, uh, they participate every year, uh, more of as a, you know, to show off the Kamado and what they can do on it. And they're more of a, um, you know, do it for the public have, you know, uh, show off the capabilities and whatnot. And, um, 
the first year that I did it, they, they actually did the, uh, the competition side of it as well. And so, uh, we camped out overnight, cooked. We had, I think, um, I think there were like 21 different green eggs, uh, including the big XXL. And so we were doing, uh, the ribs on the XXL. We had briskets on a large or an XL, um, and then, uh, chicken on various other ones. So that first year was a real, uh, and that's the first time I'd done it was, uh, a real eye opener for me. And, and, you know, as far as the competition side of things. Um, and then since then, um, I've, uh, moved away from that team, um, and have gone into, uh, helping some friends of mine. They, they brought me in to do the competition side of things for the last few years. And we cook on, uh, like a backwoods smoker, which is like a cabinet, uh, cooker, um, we've got, uh, last year we, uh, did whole hog category or this year we did whole hog category on a, a large stick burner. Um, and then we also have been, uh, using, uh, they're, they're called, uh, barrel cookers. Uh, these are Hunsaker. They're, they're made locally. Uh, a lot of other brands are like the gateway drums yeah. that you've uh, seen. Um, but, uh, so we, we use those now primarily and I, I don't have my own team, but I help uh, other people out. And so when anybody needs me to help with a competition, um, I help. And so that's what I'm doing later, uh, in September is, uh, a local event to do, you know, your brisket, uh, pork, ribs, and chicken. Um, I've got some really good recipes. And so, um, you know, I've done fairly well in the KCBS events. Um, uh, last year we got, uh, or this year we got, uh, fourth place in whole hog. Um, and then I've also, uh, got ninth place chicken we had fifth place rib this is out of you know 80 teams so uh we were pretty pleased with our results so far um and then the sca stuff which is the state cook-off association um i help out with uh that as well with some friends of mine um i don't participate in these uh by myself i just uh i, I assist other people and uh you know kind of a helping hand whenever anybody needs me Perfect. Yeah, so you, you're you uh, just a bit of a floater. You like to float around and help everyone else. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I, uh, I'm i always doing stuff at home, and so I'm cooking out every day. And yeah. so when anybody needs me, I just uh, – I don't do my own thing. I don't necessarily enjoy traveling every weekend to these yeah. events like a lot of people do. And so I like having some free time, so I don't actually do it myself. But anybody needs help, I'm like, I'll jump in and I'll help anybody with the, the, the competition stuff for sure. Yeah, what's which is your favorite category to go for? Um, I chicken probably that's the one I've done uh, the best, and and uh, we usually do uh, chicken thighs in this part of the country. Yeah. Other uh, other parts of the country will do you know quarter leg quarters or whatever, but it's mostly thighs here in the Midwest where I'm at, and um, I've really excelled in that. Um, I've done a really I good job. I just love you taking on the chicken when that's like the probably the least favorite of most yeah yeah most it people was, hate that one <laughs> it is and it's it's the hardest to uh prep you know and um but it's the one i've had the most success with so it's 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 not my favorite to make but it's it's the one that we do the best in so uh that's why i'd say it's probably my favorite um the other you know the other categories the pork i feel is is kind of on autopilot you know the brisket you got to kind of keep an eye on um especially uh to keep it from drying out and then you know get prepping up the burn-ins and stuff like that so um it's uh the other ones are i think more difficult at the end when you have to cut everything yeah um 
And so, uh, but yeah, definitely chicken, I guess, is probably my favorite. It's yeah. kind of just auto, you know, once you get it there, it's ready. And uh, it's the prep that's horrible. <laughs> talk us talk us through the little kind of basics of your kind of prep and your progress for doing chicken. Then. Um, so we'll get the, uh, the skin on thighs. Um, there's a few different, uh, you know, brands that you can buy that, that they, they'll prep the chicken a little bit better than others. Um, there's a, there's one that's called Springer mountain and what they'll do is they'll actually, uh, scrape the outside of the chicken a little bit better than some of the other companies. So, so you don't have to, uh, scrape as much on the outside of the chicken, uh, you know, to get rid of the, the feather, uh, you know, the little, I guess, follicles, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, like the little, they're little hard, like little pieces in the, in the skin that, that annoy me. But so anyway, so what we'll do is, uh, you know, you pull, you pull it off, uh, the skin off and try to keep it in, intact as much as possible, flip it over and then, uh, basically scrape all the fat off of the inside of the skin. Um, we've actually used, um, I guess they're, they're called dough dividers. They're like a little flat, uh, yeah, like a spatula, sort of edge, like a flat like a spatula edge. that's got a rounded yeah. handle on it. Yeah. So, uh, we use those and they work really well for scraping the skin cause you can actually grab one side and then pull with that. Um, cool. and it doesn't tear it as often as a knife would. And, and so we'll do that and, um, try to square them up as much as possible. We also trim all the knuckles off of the, the chicken, uh, the big joints, try to get all the fat out of the inside as much as possible and then square them up um, and then wrap the, uh, the chicken back uh, or the skin back onto the, the chicken thigh. Uh, just make a nice little pillow out of it. And then, um, and then the top secret part, you know, can't tell you, about that, but no, we'll, uh, we'll put it into uh, uh, aluminum pans, usually six up. Um, and then we'll add, uh, you know, our rubs and, uh, various juices and seasoning, you know, um, and then we always add a little bit of the, uh, liquid gold on top to the spray butter. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. So do you, do you, uh, make your own rubs or do you use kind of shop bought rubs? Uh, we usually, yeah, uh, pre-made shop bought, uh, rubs. Um, I usually, uh, put some meat church, uh, rubs on there, um, and then a few others. Um, the guy that I helped out has his own uh, uh, retail rubs that he uses. Mm. Um, all of the, uh, you know, the, the the pork and ribs and brisket. He kind of has his own methods for that, um, but not really uh, our own our own concoctions. It's uh, it's more of a mix of the retail stuff. Yeah, yeah. I found yeah. I found that a lot as we've interviewed lots and lots of teams that nobody just uses one source you know it's never just just that source on it it's always their own little mixture between two different sources three different sources right right exactly and and you know it could be um you know three or four or five even different rubs mixed together and then applied and you know various types of butter and and different juices and um you know sugars and all kinds of various i mean everyone's different and and it's never just one thing it's (laughs) You've got a whole pantry full of items that you use for these events. Yeah, it's. I, I just find I find the whole competition scene fascinating. Like part of me just every time I go to a competition, part of me is like I really could easily get addicted to doing this and just want to do it all the time. And you see, I don't know, we we have the guys over here called Bunch of Swines, and they're doing absolutely amazing. And 
they've just they've got a winning formula like they can go to competitions and they don't win every time but they're they're always up there like and you just think they, this isn't luck anymore like they know the formula to win this yeah they know they're gonna win going into it probably <laughs> they they're just, so consistent with it honestly yeah. it's, it's crazy at the moment they're just going from kcbs to kcbs i mean knocking really across the park as well like they're consistent across the categories getting like getting a call up so it's it's, it's awesome to see yeah, we had we, yesterday was a Rega Fest in Europe, and it's probably one of Europe's biggest competitions. And they've actually done Europe's first ever double KCBS competition. So they had they ran two lots of judging, two lots of everything, all at the same wow. time, and everyone could then enter both at the same time if they wanted to. So this wow. is, a, this is the first one that they've done in Europe, and I think I think they they were probably on track to be the first people to do it in the world but i think someone in the u.s has beaten them to it but <laughs> but in in europe it's the first and bunch of swines cool. bunch of swines i think that's to show how like consistent they are got reserve grand champion in both competitions wow yeah <laughs> i i would love to do that that uh sort of thing and and you know just quit my day job and just do barbecue all the time and travel around the country it's so expensive though I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how these guys do it. I mean, just day in and day out, just driving to other cities and participating in these events. I just, I, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. For one, having time to money. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Cause you know, they've got these, you know, hundred thousand dollar tray or more trailers that they cook in the top of the line grills and, and smokers. And, you know, I just RVs, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, we don't. I guess some some do in the UK and Europe, but a lot of I think everyone's a bit more kind of cut down with their grills and the amount of setup that they've got. And the, like Ed and Emma from Bunch of Swines, I think they have they have three Dan. They have Gateway, don't they? Yeah, uh, they've got three, three, yeah, three gateways. <laughs> yeah, three or four. Yeah, they probably have one for each protein. It's, yeah. Uh, that's usually what we'll do. Uh, uh, we have usually four to five barrel cookers, and so each one is is designated for. So it's always brisket, it's always pork, it's always ribs, always yeah, chicken, yeah. and so uh, that's usually the setup. Yeah, we we don't have many people in the UK that will compete using ceramic, which is interesting because in the US a lot more people will compete with ceramic, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I've seen at uh, quite a few events, people have uh, a Kamado sitting on the back right next to their uh, their pit smoker, you know, their stick burner. So uh, definitely a lot of, uh, you know, different types of grills, different setups. Um, I've, you know, pellet grills are really taken off now in competitions. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool just to see all the, the variety out there. It is really interesting though, because I think that I probably see almost Kamados like more and more like as a the, I don't know loads of home cooks are using them, and it's, it's interesting to to see that there is a, or especially in the UK, and this I mean I would say that Kamado Joe is probably one of the most popular barbecues, or ceramics are, are really really popular, and it's just interesting that there seems to be that void between uh, home cooking and and, uh, and competition cooking. I don't know whether it's maybe because they're slightly more expensive so it's really yeah. easier to buy like uh, i don't know two or three uh weber 
whatever they're called, can't you remember now? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Summit. So Summit, yeah. is, it, is it Summit? The Weber kettles are, are really affordable. Um, yeah. You know, they're yeah. 99 to um, 149 here, I believe it is. Um, and I've got one of each of those uh, yeah. kind of metro level uh, Webers. Yeah, I was, I was sorry. I was thinking of WS, so the smoky, uh, so the oh, smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking yeah, yeah. like you got those, or you got the like the ProQ Excels over here. So I think like you could probably get like uh, I don't know three of those uh, for the price of like a a classic, really. So I think as a team, it'd probably be a lot more cost Definitely. effective. Maybe that's why you, you tend to see the the mix. The uh, sorry, the uh, difference here. Yeah. Right. Right. A yeah, lot, definitely. A, a lot less people have like a like you said like a big trailer and stuff set up for it as well. So a lot of people are just whatever they can chuck in the back of their car, which isn't yeah. really, isn't really a Komodo jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. They're not as portable. <laughs> no, and you you're scared. I think there's more fear around damaging it as well. Yeah, and I, I've done that. I've traveled to. Uh, we have local uh, events around here all the time, and I actually took my uh, large big green egg in the table to an event and I was scared to death every time I went over a bump that it was going to shatter yeah so. yeah definitely I think that's probably for me the biggest thing and a lot of these competitions I don't know what it's like over there but most of our competitions happen in a field where you've got to like drive over the bumps and round <laughs> get stuck yeah. in a field with it it's, it's a bit of a mission yeah I we went to one uh, that was in a field uh in july and uh it was very similar to that it, it's full of flies and i swear they had cows in it previously <laughs> it, was, it was it was interesting <laughs> we, we i know the field that we um, do our q fest in we literally had to clear the sheep out of it the day before we started yeah. <laughs> oh watch your step adds adds to the flavor it's nice ambiance <laughs> Just don't drop I, I enjoy grilling. <laughs> I enjoy grilling lamb and <laughs> muttons. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take them. We actually did a lamb category at our competition this year. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We don't. We don't have that. Uh, mainly, uh, you know, the the egg fest, or uh, we actually haven't had any Kamado Joe events around here. But um, anytime we have the ceramic stuff uh, events for the public, I enjoy cooking lamb because it's something that they don't expect. Mm. and that's that's what i love doing just surprise people yeah is, is lamb something that's cooked a lot less in the u.s yeah it's uh you know pretty pretty medium rare especially when i cook it i i like it uh you know probably to around 135 degrees or so so not not overly done yeah awesome Right, we've, we've ran over our time with you today so i don't want to take up too much more of your time i know you've got to get off to work soon for us it's the evening but for you you've got a day ahead of you yeah <laughs> uh, it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thanks again tim for coming on if just before yeah. you go could you let everyone know whether they can find you on social media uh yeah i uh i'm basically uh an instagram um with t shelburne t-s-h-e-l-b-u-r-n um and then on Facebook, uh, you can just find me under uh, my name, Tim Shelburne, and then Backyard Grill Master is my title on there. And uh, so that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, thanks again, mate. It's been awesome to chat to you, and hopefully we'll meet up and catch up again in the future. Definitely. I'd love that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Cheers. you very much. Bye.
Bye. Have a good day. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.